Have you ever had a moment where you were like, wow, that got way more complicated than I ever expected? Or have you ever felt like life was like one big obstacle course and you're like trying to climb up the wall and you keep falling off of it? You've got mud on your face and you keep trying to carry something heavy, but it doesn't seem to end. Have you ever felt like the obstacles in life just keep coming like a rocky road that you're trying to navigate around these boulders and sometimes they just get bigger and sometimes they pop out of nowhere and you're like, "Uh uh-oh. Life is full of obstacles. Life is full of these things that happen, situations, moments. Sometimes we cultivate and create them through our actions and our words. Sometimes others create them and then sometimes they just happen. And so for today, we are looking at how do we understand the obstacles that maybe we kind of contribute to? How do we create or that others create? And is there a way forward? Is God guiding us in some way so that when we are on this obstacle course of life, it's like, okay, I may have mud on my face and I may be, I keep falling off the wall that I I thought I could climb, but maybe not so much. And how God is like, nope, I'm with you. I've got you in this. And so for today, we're going to look at Romans chapter 14. Romans is written by Paul in, uh, during his last little bit of time. He is writing from Rome. He is under house arrest, and he is ultimately going to be killed by Caesar. So his life has a whole lot of obstacles. He is not speaking from a place of everything's fine, everything's great, I got it all figured out, don't worry about it, leaving us going... Uh, my life doesn't, it's not that easy. He is speaking from a place of going, no, I get it. Like life is difficult. And so how are we going forward? How are we dealing with those obstacles, especially how are we contributing or creating? Is there something we can do to get through them better? And so for today, this portion of Romans is really meant to try to get us to start thinking and try to dig in, get a little bit of self-awareness, start to ask some questions and challenge our perceptions in how can we better navigate those obstacles of life. So starting in Romans 14, verses 1 through 4. Welcome the person who is weak in faith, but not in order to argue about differences of opinion. One person believes in eating everything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Those who eat must not look down on the ones who don't. And the ones who don't eat much, not judge the ones who do. Because God has accepted them. Who are you to judge someone else's servants? They stand or fall before their own Lord, and they will stand because the Lord has the power to make them stand. All right, so here Paul begins with talking about dietary laws and the differences where people are starting to point fingers. And we've got the Jewish dietary laws on one end, and we've got Gentiles who are like, yep, follower of Christ, but I don't follow the Jewish dietary laws. And so everybody's kind of pointing fingers back at each other. And so he's like, hey, guess what? Chill out. Don't go and show up with others just because you want to argue with them, because you want to best them, because you think you can get one over. 
Why are we showing up? Why are we having conversation? Is this about a one-upmanship? And he's like, okay, let's take a, a step back here. Also, it's important for us as we go, wait a minute, they're, they're arguing about bacon? Of not just going, we don't fight over petty stuff. We don't disagree over insignificant things and go, wait a minute. Sometimes we do, right? Sometimes we disagree over opinions and over differences. And here he's like, what right do any of us have to judge? The ultimate judge is God. And God's judgment is full of love and mercy, full of forgiveness. And so this moment of going, wait a minute, when I show up in conversations, when I am present with others, are we creating obstacles by the judgments we make or the differences that we have because we make issue of them when really that's not what's important? So continuing on in verses five through eight, one person considers some days to be more sacred than others, while another person considers all days to be the same. Each person must have their own convictions. Someone who thinks that a day is sacred thinks that way for the Lord. Those who eat, eat for the Lord because they think God, and those who don't eat, don't eat for the Lord, and they think the Lord too. We don't live for ourselves and we don't die for ourselves. If we live, we live for the Lord. And if we die, we die for the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or we die, we belong to God. So not only is there a disagreement about what people are eating, they're fighting over these little things, but they're also fighting over which holidays are you going to celebrate? And you may be going, what in the world is happening? But how often have there been disagreements? Have there been differences of opinion? about how we celebrate Thanksgiving and Christmas, about who shows up when, about how, what traditions we have or not. How have there been disappointments when people don't match the expectations we have around particular holidays? And so this moment of God, okay, Paul is really trying to push us on figuring out what are the insignificant differences that we have? What are the things that are not that important, but we make them much bigger than what they are. We, we get them to a size where it is created an obstacle in our relationships and between one another. What seemed as just a difference of opinion, we actually cultivated it and made it bigger, or someone else did. And so here, part of Paul going, all right, here's where we got to question ourselves. Not only do we have to get a handle on our understanding of, okay, what's really important in this life and what's really not? And he goes to this life and death that we belong to God, that our entire life is encompassed by God. And so to think about that, if that's the ultimate, if that's ultimately what's important in life, that when we begin to have differences, when we begin to feel like there are obstacles, when we are trying to navigate around, we have to go to this default of, okay, we belong to God. How important is this situation? And yet we probably still have to respond to it. But when we begin to come from a place of, well, what's really important? We're going to have differences. We're not going to agree on something. We're going to think my way is a better way than your way. We're going to go back and forth. And for us to wait, take a step back and go, how is God? 
How do we belong to God? How do I belong to God? How does the other person belong to God? How is God encompassing each of our lives? Because that is ultimately what is important, that God's love encompasses us and not to get stuck on these little things that ultimately do not matter. Continuing on in verses 9 through 11. This is why Christ died and lived so that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. But why do you judge your brother or sister? Or why do you look down on your brother or sister? We, we all will stand in front of the judgment seat of God because it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow to me and every tongue will, pray, will give praise to God. All right, so that first part, this is why Christ died and lived. So if we're going, okay, so I can get my head around, God encompasses my entire life, but what does this begin to look like? This begins to look like how Christ lived, how Jesus was living, how he was living out that love in all kinds of circumstances. So if we're looking for some concrete ways, right, we got to go back and go, okay, what was really important to Jesus? Jesus was like all about love. He was all about forgiveness and he was all about community and all about drawing people together. And so if that's where we go, okay, that's the most important. And how do I begin to do that? Paul moves us into, but why do you judge your brother or sister? Why do you look down on your brother or sister? I'm going, okay, if we're trying to live that life encompassed by God, if we're trying to navigate an obstacle as one whose life is encompassed by God, with Christ being the ultimate kind of like, this is who we're trying to follow of love and forgiveness and community, then we get this moment of going, okay, what do we got to let go of? We got to let go of some judgment, right? We got to let go of passing judgment on things maybe we don't even understand or of maybe there was a misunderstanding or it's a difference of opinion that we got to take a step back and go, hold up here because the only one who's allowed to judge is God. And a reminder, God judges with love and mercy, and so what do we need to let go of? What are the things that it's like, ooh, I don't think I need to be part of that. I don't think I need to hold on to. And it goes on to say, as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow to me. At some point, we will all let it go. We will let go the slights. We will let go of the misunderstanding, the differences of opinion, the way we think things should be done, the way we think things should have happened, the way we think someone should act. We will at some point let go of those things, those judgments, and so much more. But then it says, and every tongue will give praise to God. There will be celebration and gratitude. And so if we're like, well, okay, how do I how, how do I maneuver through the obstacle today? All right. So when we're dealing with something, when we're like, maybe I created it, maybe someone else did, maybe I want to make it a little bit smaller, we have to go, all right, what about this can I let go of? What do I need to say? You know what? I need to give that over to God. That is God's area. That judgment, that whole thing, that is God's part. And then to think about, all right, how can we be grateful and praise? How can we celebrate? 
So even when we think the situation is dire or we see so much negativity of going, wait a minute, where can we be grateful in this? What is the positive? Where is God guiding? How is God with myself and with someone else of going, I need to take that step back. I need to take stock of everything that's going on. And where is that gratitude? Where is that celebration? Because if God encompasses our lives, our entire lives, God encompasses all of this rough stuff, all of those obstacles, challenges, difficulty, the painful, all of it. But God also encompasses celebration and joy. God also encompasses gratitude and love. And so for us to be able to go, okay, where in this moment, when things have gotten complicated, when we're on that obstacle course of going, all right, what can I be thankful for? What gratitude can I have in this situation for the other person, for whatever is before us? How is letting go and gratitude a part of our daily practice with the situations we find ourselves facing? Continuing on in verses 12 through 16. So then each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. So stop judging each other. Instead, this is what you should decide. Never put a stumbling block or obstacle in the way of your brother or sister. I know, and I'm convinced in the Lord Jesus, that nothing is wrong to eat in itself. But if someone thinks something is wrong to eat, it becomes wrong for that person. If your brother or sister is upset by your food, you are no longer walking in love. Don't let your food destroy someone for whom Christ died. And don't let something you consider to be good to be criticized as wrong. All right. So first up there, so stop judging each other. Instead, this is what you should decide. Never put a stumbling block or obstacle in the way of your brother or sister. Yet another moment of self-reflection, of self-awareness are those things that we say and the things that we do, the way that we show up with others. How are we creating an obstacle? How are we making things kind of not so great? How is our energy impacting how are our differences of opinion being allowed to grow and become far more significant than they ever should be? So taking stock for ourselves. We can't control anybody else and we can't go, wait a minute, quit creating this obstacle. Why do you keep doing that? But instead a self-reflection of, okay, have I put obstacles in the way with others? Have I created them? Have I been part of, because none of us are perfect. None of us are perfect. We try to love and sometimes we get it right and sometimes we don't. But here's the cool thing. We get to try. We get to try to love each other more deeply. We get to try to figure out how to not create obstacles. We get to try to figure out how we can allow our lives to be encompassed by God. We can try to figure out how to not let our differences of opinion destroy our relationships, strain them, impact them at all, but instead learn to love each other in our differences. And then he goes on to say something else. But if someone thinks something is wrong to eat, it becomes wrong for that person. If your brother or sister is upset by your food, you are no longer walking in love. Don't let your food destroy someone for whom Christ died, and don't let something you consider to be good be criticized as wrong. All right. In modern, everyday language, this right here is let people be themselves. 
can can we get some respect with the way a person conducts their life if they're not really if they're not doing anyone harm can we just like back up on each other instead of pointing fingers it's this moment of going you do you that we learn from one another instead of critiquing and criticizing and judging each other it's this moment of going, wait a minute, what's really important here? What am I focused on? Now that, right, when we've got an obstacle, when we've got a difference of opinion, when we are in disagreement with one another, when we're on the obstacle course going, what am I focused on here? What am I focused on that makes the obstacle bigger, worse, more challenging, what am I focused upon about the other person that really isn't good? And what do I need to be focused upon? And there's this great quote out of The Obstacle is the Way. I completely recommend that book. It's excellent by Ryan Holiday. And it says, focusing exclusively on what is in our power magnifies and enhances our power. But every ounce of energy directed at things we can't actually influence is wasted. Self-indulgent and self-destructive. So much power, ours and other people's, is frittered away in this manner. When we get focused on love, when we get focused on mercy, when we get focused on encouragement, when we get focused on drawing people together as opposed to our differences of opinion and what I don't like and, and what happened here, when we get focused on the stuff that is good, that is connected to God, we begin to shift the energy. We begin to shift what's happening. We begin to shift how we navigate the obstacle. And there is a whole lot of power in that. Can't control anybody else. But when we can get focused on what we can control of how we love others, of how we show up for others, of how we have hope of how we have forgiveness when we decide to get focused on what we can do to alleviate the pain and the pressure of situations when we get focused on that there is something powerful and life-changing about that and Paul here is trying to get us to really dig into that and that judgment when we're judgment of when we're passing judgment on others it's so often it's because we can't control them. We have no power over them. And yet we spend so much time in that space that drains us of energy, that drains us of that creative power to navigate obstacles in such a way that we are reflecting the life of Christ. And so here's an opportunity for us to go, okay, let me take a step back. How in the world, what am I focused on when certain things happen? How am I, what am I focused on when there are differences of opinion? What am I focused on and what should I be focused on? Finishing up in verses 17 through 19. God's kingdom isn't about eating food and drinking, but about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever serves Christ this way pleases God and gets human approval. So let's strive for the things that bring peace and the things that build each other up. So Paul here gives us what we need to be focused on. All right, here it is. God's kingdom, 
God's kingdom just means everything that God, how God encompasses our life isn't about eating and drinking, not about the frivolous stuff, not about the things that ultimately don't matter. Here's the, here are the things that do matter. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness just means right action. How are we doing good for others? How are we trying to do good? How are we trying to show up? How are we trying to better the situation? And then peace. How are our actions and words trying to bring about peace? How are we focusing upon peaceful resolutions, peaceful things, and then joy in the Holy Spirit? How are we focused on cultivating joy within ourselves, but also with others, like making space for that? And we may go, okay, all of that's great, but what about when, right? What about when we are in a really difficult situation. What about when we, we got some hard things that need to be said or we need to hear some things that aren't comfortable to hear, right? Because there is this element of speaking truth, of being real with one another, of having boundaries with each other. And so when we have those hard things we have to do, when we know that the response is gonna be difficult, here's what we have to ask ourselves. We actually have to begin to go, wait a minute, how is what I'm saying still connected to righteousness, to trying to do good, to trying to bring about good in situations? How is what I'm doing or saying, how is it going, wait a minute, Here's a way forward in peace. Here's the hard stuff, but here's a way forward in peace. And then that moment of God and how is the spirit of God with us in creating that joy of going, okay, here's the hard stuff. Here's the stuff we don't want to look at. Here's the difficulty. Here's the response we're going to have to give. But where can we bring joy out of the moment? Where can we point to the positive? Where can we be grateful, right? Where can we draw in and say, you know what? Here's the good side of all of this. Here's what I appreciate about. In this moment, we get this struggle. We're in the, on this obstacle course, and yet we get opportunities if we're willing to notice where and how God is encompassing our lives when we get focused upon trying to make things better, when we get focused upon how we can be part of peaceful solutions, how we can bring about and moving forward with joy. And then he says, so let's strive for the things that bring peace and the things that build each other up. When we get focused on things that bring peace, Maybe uncomfortable in the moment, but how are we going to bring peace out of the situation? How are we going to bring peace out of the obstacle? How are we going to bring peace out of, we got some difficult things to say to each other, but how are we now going to build each other up? How are we going to encourage each other? And there's this great question that as Paul is trying to get us to question how we're going to do this, of how we're going to pay attention the philosopher and emperor out of the second century, Marcus Aurelius, had this question that it's one that really maps on to what Paul is saying. And his question was, does what happened keep you from acting with justice, generosity, self-control, sanity, prudence, honesty, 
humility, straightforwardness. And so if we're trying to figure out, all right, what question do I need to ask? I'm going, wait a minute, where is, how, how am I going to bring peace out of this situation? It may not be easy to find. What Paul is suggesting is not easy to do. It's like practicing something very hard over and over again. And sometimes we get it right. Sometimes we hit the ball out of the park. And sometimes we're like, oh, that did not go well. But it's the sense of trying, of practicing, of getting focused on how we are going to bring peace, how we are going to bring a new set of thoughts of straightforwardness, as Marcus Aurelius says, of acting with justice, generosity, self-control, sanity, prudence, honesty, humility. This moment of being able to step back and question, of going, all right, I am not going to let this obstacle take me down, but instead allow the obstacle to give new understanding, to, to change our perspective. And so Paul here, Paul is trying to get us to question those things that we allow that get made bigger than what they should be. Paul is wanting us to become self-aware and how we may contribute to it, to become self-aware in how we respond. And how do we respond from a place of trying to bring about more peace? How do we respond from a place of trying to build one another up? And so as we are on this obstacle course of life, maybe falling off the wall, crawling through the mud, trying to figure out how in the world are we going to get through this, of recognizing that God's spirit is forever with us. God's presence is with us, guiding us and challenging us trying to guide us in those ways of bringing about peace, about joy, of encouraging one another. And so how will we take that message today and apply it to when we feel those obstacles, when we are on the obstacle course? How will we hear these words of Paul, not just of comfort, but really of a challenge? God is with us. But what are the things we need to let go of? What are the judgments we need to set aside? What are the ways we need to begin to show up with each other? How might we be changed and transformed in our everyday by these words of Paul? Amen.